Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. This is the Maliki Click podcast, episode number six. And in this episode, I'm going to deal with uh, my conversion story or reversion story. The very first episode that I did was uh, dealing with my conversion story, but I didn't really go into a great deal of detail. But this time I will, inshallah. So my upbringing was pretty normal, I'd say. Um, I was born in California, Southern California, and, uh, you know, pretty normal childhood. Um, my parents got a divorce when I was a year old, unfortunately, so she packed up, and we all packed up and uh, went to the Pacific Northwest, where uh, she remarried four years later, and... Um, actually grew up on a new uh, on a farm uh, from the ages of five to ten that was pretty interesting we had cattle and sheep and chickens and you know a whole farm life and uh, I, I really liked it I gotta say I had a good relationship with my stepfather uh, he's the one who bought the farm and uh, I mean nothing real out of the ordinary we I mean say when I lived with my mom and my stepdad there was really no religion there was no Christianity in the house you know we would go to church maybe uh, once on maybe Christmas or always Easter and that was about it so I didn't really know anything about Christianity until I later in my life I uh, well, not not really. I knew about Christianity because as my, my parents were divorced, I went back and forth. I went and spent summer times with my dad and then returned to my mom uh, to go to school. So I think probably I found out about my, my biological father's conversion, or as he put it, born-again Christian. He became born-again when I was around eight or nine years old and I remember going to his church and uh, you know just just hanging out and basically going to Sunday school and stuff like that nothing really too hardcore but I noticed uh, fundamentally he was um, a little a little bit more strict in the, in the daily life so usually growing up on a farm we had a I mean, a huge field of corn, and it would grow to about, I don't know, five, six feet or something like that. So one of my most favorite things to do would to just get lost in the corn and just explore and to be alone, you know. And in the cornfield is usually where um, I just wanted to be alone. And one day, I just got, I'd, I'd really had it, had a bad day. And I was tired of going back and forth with uh, my dad and my, my mom and, you know. And so we're in the, f I'm in the field and it's away from the house. And so 10 years old, uh, I just get so angry and, and I just blurt out to the sky, why, why have you done this to me? Why do my mom and my dad have to be, have to be divorced? Why, why do I have to go here and there and get torn between, I want to be with my dad, I want to be with my mom, and you did this to me, God, you did this, why did you do this to me? Yeah, I was 10 years old, kid, you know, uh, but but still, um, I was really struggling, I think, still with the, the separation between my, my mother and my father, 
and subhanallah, just in nine short years after that, I would become a Muslim. So it's as if I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard my dua and was was just maybe in a way telling me, just be patient. You have no idea what I'm going to do to your life in just nine short, nine short years, subhanallah. And so shortly after that, I moved in with my biological father in uh, Southern California. And I remember the first day him sitting me down at the table and telling me, look, we have some rules here. This is a Christian family. Uh, you will be expected to go to Wednesday Bible study, Friday youth night, and Sunday church three times a week. There's no music in the house. There's no this, there's, you know, I just set down the, the, the rules basically. But I thought that they were pretty, pretty strict and I wasn't really used to it. So I just went through junior high school, Southern California. I went through high school, uh, you know, football team. That's just, that's just what I did, you know. I played football, I wrestled, uh, and I went to church. Um, so one of the, one of the, well, one of the turning parts in my life was, it happened at, when I was 14 years old at a Bible study. And so what we would do was basically read the Bible and then we would talk about what we read. So I was reading a Bible, reading the Bible and I, I came to two verses that contradicted each other. And I said, what, you know, I kind of looked at it and I said, this is, this is pretty strange, you know. So I took it to the, the pastor and I said, look at these two verses, they, they're contradicting each other, you know, it doesn't make sense. And the guy actually looked at me, and he looked at the Bible, and he said, uh, Huh, I didn't even know that that was in the Bible. And, you know, as a 14-year-old kid, I was like, Hold on, wait a minute, you you didn't know that I, that was in the Bible? Whoa, you're, like, you're the pastor. How could you not know? And how could you not know, have an answer for that? And so he looked at me, and he basically told me, You know, I don't know what to tell you. And clearly, that that's... Uh, that is a contradiction, but you know, you just got to have faith. And when he told me that I just have to have faith, at 14 years old at the Bible study that night, that's when I lost complete faith in Christianity, 100%. But you know, as I'm a, I'm a white person, I'm an American, society tells me that I need to be a Christian. That's all that I can be. So, you know, I went through the motions. That's all I did. I just went through the motions. Okay, Bible study. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, Friday youth night. Yeah, okay. Sunday church. Okay, well, I have to anyways, right? So I would be in the church, and it's, I mean, the strangest things would happen. People were clapping and jumping and sometimes rolling on the ground and running down the aisles and Jesus this and screaming and crying and you know, as, as a young teenager, this confused me, and it, it was pretty scary at times, you know. I've seen people stand up in the middle of a service or praise or whatever they call it and actually carry a message from Jesus as if, like, they're, they're, as if they're getting possessed at that moment and they're speaking as if they're Jesus. And I always looked at this and I thought, how do these people really think and sometimes they would even say it's from God I have a message to my people and so and so and whatnot and etc and they would go on and on and on and it used to freak me out you know I mean 
Surely these people are not being spoken to by God. I never believed it in the first place. Basically, church was about, it was a display of your wealth. It was a display of how good that you could dress up on Sunday. It was an open display to see how much that you could give openly to the tithing plot. They call it, uh, Christians call it tithing. Uh, you would say, we would say sadaqah. So, you know, I just, I think I went through what I call like a, like a faithless existence. You know, just, I existed and I didn't have any faith and I just went through the motions. I, I, did, I had nothing to do with Christianity, but I went to church and I did what I have to, had to do because I live with my father, right? So at 17, I entered the uh, United States military. I had to get signed in from my, my mother and my father. And so I joined the military. In the military, I have to admit, I learned a lot of things and the military, well, basic training in particular, has a certain way of weeding out weakness, teaching you how to be responsible, at the same time encountering many walks of life, classes, colors, people, so and so. You know, I don't really advise anybody to join the military um, as Muslims. You know, I wasn't a Muslim, so I didn't know any better. Uh, but it does have some like, you know, it has some benefits to it, you know, definitely. So, you know, fast forward uh, to 19 years of age, and, you know, I don't know why. I don't really know why. I honestly don't. I just started to spiral downward, you know. Um, I was existing faithless. I had no faith. I had no moral compass at all. And so I started to hang around people that I probably shouldn't have hung out with. And it just went down from there and so one night I I with uh, my, two of my friends actually did an armed robbery and uh, yeah so long story short they I got sent to prison for 31 months definitely being in prison was my lowest moment in life it was my absolute rock bottom I found myself in prison completely faithless, out of control, wild. And it was, it was a pretty big shock to me. Uh, but you know, it's, it's one of the best things that's ever happened in my life as well. Prison life is, well, it's, it's not really like the movies. It's, it's nothing that you can watch and then understand on a TV program or a movie or something like that. This is something that is constant. It's 24-7. It's constant chaos and tension and violence and just deception and everything bad that you can think it exists in prison. It's not a good place to be. I remember when I first got in the first day and uh, I think it was the chaplain who was asking new people Okay, we offer Christian ministry, we offer uh, Islamic ministry, we offer a Buddhist, you know, and he went on down the line. What, what is your religious uh, affiliation? And I said, I guess uh, Christian, I don't know. And he looked at me and he said, well, you're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. 
and that kind of pissed me off. So I was like, well, then I'm not a Christian then. And he was like, okay, well, yeah. And he, and he asked the next guy next to me. I pretty much lone wolfed it from there, you know? I was just a lone wolf. I wasn't a white supremacist. I wasn't a gang member. I was just somebody stupid who did something stupid. And so I really didn't roll with anybody. So what I would do with my time other than lift weights and and uh, study and read books was just walk the yard with my by myself, you know. So I noticed one time when I was walking by myself, there was this guy, he, he looked like a white guy to me. You know, his, his mustache went all the way down to his chin. I think they call it a handlebar mustache or something like that. So he was with about six black dudes. And so I'm walking a, around the track. And so this guy cuts in the middle of the field and he's headed straight for me. And I'm thinking, are these guys going to rush me? Who are they? I don't know who they are. And so he gets closer and he sees that I'm pretty apprehensive, like, you know, about something, something's about to go down. And so he tells the other guys, now let, let me just talk to this guy. And so he just catches up with me and he said, hey, how you doing? My name's Omar. And I was like, you know, what's up? And he's like, well, uh, what do you know about Islam? And I said, well, I, I don't even know what that is. You know, what is Islam? He kind of looked at me like, no way. I mean, you don't know anything about Islam. I said, no, I don't. And so he just said, if you don't mind, you know, we could just walk and I can tell you what it is. And I said, sure, why not? And so he broke it down, basically, you know, the basic tenets of Islam. And the way that he reached me was through nature. You know, he was talking about the creation. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had put everything in life for us, you know, sometimes even as a test, you know. And I and I really, I really enjoyed that, you know. He was talking about the sun, how it's 93 million miles away from Earth. And it, it's, it's in a place, it sets up the Earth in some type of perfection so that we can live on it, you know. And life is not inhabitable anywhere else in space and that really interested me so I went back to my cell and he just basically thought about what he said so I don't I don't really remember like the time frames but shortly after that we met again and him and I just used to talk and I found out that he was originally Turkish so everybody called him Omar the Turk so um, he asked me one day he said, if I give you a book, if I give you our holy book, do you promise that you would protect it and you would keep it safe and you could keep it clean and really, really try to dive into it and learn it? I said, sure, why not? Yeah. And of course, this book was the Quran. So I took the Quran and honestly, I have to say, like when I picked it up, before I even opened it, I've never read the Quran before in my life. I thought that I was going to read some stories about like a thousand and one Arabian nights, like Aladdin or some type of stuff. I, I didn't know. I had no clue. But when I opened up the Quran for the first time and I began to read and read and I had no, nothing but time, you know, I'm going to read it. And it was the same as the Bible. I was thinking to myself, 
Here's the story of Moses. It's the same thing. Here's the story of Noah. It's the same thing. Here's the story of Jesus. It's the same thing. Here's the story of Abraham. It's the same thing. You know, before I even became a Muslim, I entertained it like in my mind, like, could I really do this? And the shaitan came to me and said, how could you do this? You're white. How could you do this? You're American. How could you? You're, you can't be a Muslim. How can you be a Muslim? It's impossible. You're supposed to be what you're supposed to be. And so, you know, I would go out to the yard and talk with Omar and he would say, what do you think? And then, you know, I would do my best and try to represent the, the fake type of Christian that I was and defend the Bible and, you know, try to pick holes in his his religion, Islam. And um, the thing is, he had an answer for me every time. And sometimes it was scientific and sometimes, I mean, all the time it was something that I couldn't argue the first time that I, I, I realized that I had really taken an interest in Islam was uh, right after lunch, we got back and uh, I started reading my Quran. In, in a prison, you usually have a cellmate, somebody who was there with you. And uh, so I was just reading the Quran and uh, my cellmate was like, what, what are you reading? I'm like, well, this is the Quran. Oh, I don't you don't know what you're getting into don't do that so I had all, all kind of people that were just telling me why I shouldn't become a Muslim and what are you even doing reading about Islam you know but the first time that I really saw that I was really interested in Islam was like I said we got back from lunch and my cellmate was like aren't you going to come to dinner you, you've been in that book all day what's wrong with you are you going to dinner or not and I realized that I've been reading the Quran for hours. So that's when it was pretty hard to ignore that I had a definite interest in Islam. So Omar, he came to me one day and he was like, listen, I want to invite you to the Friday prayer, Jummah. Just going to see, I'm just going to see if you're interested. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, I have to get permission uh, to, to set that up with the CEO and uh, but I can do it definitely inshallah so I remember when I requested to go to Muslim services as they call it the CEO he called me in and he asked me what are you doing going why do you want to go to this service with all of these black people he, he, he said a derogatory uh, term that uh, shouldn't be repeated. And uh, I said, well, because I want to. I just want to see it for myself. I want to see what they do. And he just looked at me and he, he just didn't understand. Said, well, what is this white guy going to Muslim services for? And so I went. Uh, it was the next Friday, so I went. And uh, I was the only white dude there, basically. You know, they were most, mostly African-American and one Turkish guy, Omar. So we went inside and he showed me how to make wudu. And uh, we had already, we've been talking about Islam for weeks. And so I, I knew a little bit going into it. So, so long story short, he told me, um, so this guy is going to do the khutbah. He's going to make a speech and then he's going to read from the Quran. We're going to pray and all this. And I, and I asked him, 
is he going to stand up and pray and read from the Quran? And he said, no, he's, he's going to recite what he memorized. And I was pretty impressed with that. I said, these people, they, they memorize their book. It must, it must really mean a lot to them. And so I listened to the khutbah, and after that, I, Omar stood up and he said, you know, come over here and just like sit to the side and we're going to pray. And I said, all right. And so they prayed. And uh, the first thing that I noticed was how humble they were. Um, they were they were really humble. And so I, I, I snuck around and I kind of, I, I got to see what's going on. So I snuck in the front row and uh, I just kind of dipped my head to the side and, and looked at them praying. And uh, again, it was, it was really humble, but it wasn't until they made sujood that I was just, I was blown away. I had never seen them pray before. Uh, and I said to myself, I've never seen worship of God until today. These people are worshiping God for sure. And I love it. They've washed themselves before prayer. They read from the holy book and then they're putting their faces on the ground. This is, this is worship. Not the nonsense that I was raised with. People clapping and uh, running around like they're possessed and jumping up and down and rolling on the ground. No, I never believed that that was worship in the first place. So I guess you can say well, I, I believed in Islam uh, before that, but what really did it for me was the sujood. That that's what did it for me, like it, it tipped everything to the to the Islam side, and I and I had to become a Muslim at that point. So they were done with their prayer, and he asked me, "Is what do you think?" I said, "Well, I love it." And he said, you, "Really, you love it?" I said, "I don't." And I said something out of ignorance because I just didn't know. I wasn't a Muslim. I didn't know. But I told him, "I know I'm a white guy, but I have to be Muslim." Like. Is there any way that I can become a Muslim? Like, it's irresistible to me. I have to have it. And, you know, he laughed, and a lot of, some other brothers laughed around me. It's like, subhanAllah, of course you become Muslim. There's Muslims all over the world. You're not the only white Muslim. And uh, so it was in 1991, in the last week of October, that I said, Ashhadu la ilaha illallah wahduhu la sharika now life after that being a Muslim a white Muslim incarcerated it, it was it was even harder because now I was being looked at like by the white supremacists you know that Aryan Brotherhood inside you know they have all kinds of gangs inside what is this guy doing what's his angle why is this white guy? rolling around with these Muslims now. Alhamdulillah, you know, I got out of prison. Uh, I was just with the Muslims. We were going to Jummah. And uh, I, I dealt with it the best way that I could, you know. I mean, just like before I was Muslim. You know, I loaned wolf it. I wolfed it. You know, except like now I was with Muslim brothers and they were teaching me Islam. And so I got out of prison. And, and I remember being welcomed into the, the first Islam, Islamic center that I went to. Uh, it was a, an Egyptian brother and an African-American brother that were at the door and they, and they greeted me and they said, hello. And I said, hello back. 
and they asked me what I'm here for. I'm saying, well, I just got out of prison. Um, my my parents have disowned me, and what I mean, parents, I mean mother, father, grandparents on both sides, brothers, sister, everybody, everybody had just put, you know, it's either us or Islam. I said, well, it's Islam. And when they asked me, why is it Islam? And, and why are you ready to just throw everything out? Because you have to understand, I was I was born and raised upper class. You know, I, I wanted for nothing when I grew up, alhamdulillah. And so they were pretty amazed. And so they said, why Islam? Well, how do you decide so quickly? And I said, it's because on the day of judgment, I'm going to be by myself. I'm going to have to answer for myself. Nobody can help me. I can't help you. And so when it comes to matters that are forever dealing with akhirah of, of the next life, I have to choose for myself. And so basically after that, they said, okay, you're, you're officially dead to us. You're nobody. And you know, a lot of converts, they go through the same thing. Um, so anyways, um, I was just learning Islam, uh, being a Muslim in America. This was before 9-11. So back then it was easy. People didn't really look at you like you were strange. Uh, it, not, not strange, but in like a hateful way. Oh, you're a Muslim. It, it didn't really exist before 9-11. They looked at me more like, and on both sides, Muslim and non-Muslim, they looked at me like, why are you Muslim? Like, we don't get it. Even Muslims would ask me that sometimes, you know, from like Arab countries. Oh, mashallah, I told them my story. I told, I told my revert story thousands, thousands of times. And so I would tell it and then they would ask me, but I don't understand, why, why did you decide to become a Muslim? Like, it amazed me why they would ask me this question. And you know, the thing that I used to go through is, I mean, pre-11 and post-9-11 is I'm the white guy. I must be the police. I, <laughs> no matter where I've been, you know, I've been around the world. I've been in uh, Arab countries. I've been Muslim. I've been all over the place. Everywhere that I go, I'm the cop for at least a month, right? I mean, I'm white. I must be the police. I must be CIA, FBI. I'm local law enforcement. Wallahi alim, I've, I've never been a part of any community and I don't plan to. Well, I mean, law enforcement and intel community. I've never been a part of it, but that's one of the struggles that a lot of white people go through is, you know, we're, we're not trusted because why would a white guy be here? Why would he be a Muslim and in the mosque? Oh yeah, he's probably sent here to spy on us. So that's one of the, one of the struggles that we go through. So, you know, I mean, here I am 28 years later. Um, the best thing that happened to me bar none was Islam, my conversion to Islam. And even the tool that got me there, being incarcerated, being imprisoned, was one of the best things that happened to me because I just wouldn't have learned about Islam and just taken that pause in my life to really reflect about my akhirah. I really wouldn't have. So it was a blessing in disguise. So that's it. I mean, that's how I became Muslim. Um, if you have any questions uh, about everything that happened in between, please feel free to um, mention it or ask in the comments below. Jazakallah uh, khair. Thank you very much for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.